Kazaki, twenty-two, small, slender, with uncombed thick black hair, quickly brought the rifle up to his unshaven brown cheek and sighted at a dim yellow light bulb tied to a twisted, dirty green cord hanging from the ceiling. He pulled the trigger. Click. Laughing, the young Arab terrorist lowered the empty rifle, holding it across his stomach and smiling down at it, his bright brown eyes racing from its black barrel, lightly coated with oil, back to the dark brown wooden stock. His small head snapped back with laughter. Jew killer, this I call Jew killer. Gamal smiled. Call it the American Jew killer, he said. These are American guns. I mean, they used to be American guns. His lean, delicate hands patted the dark green wooden crate he had ripped open with a crowbar minutes ago. He had a long face, made longer by greased sideburns reaching down to his jawbone. Even when he smiled, he looked sad. Guns and money, said short, twenty-four-year-old Bin Salam. The night we have both. Everything he wore, from dirty white sweater to black and white sneakers, was pushed out of shape by his fat, lumpy body. The three Arab terrorists were in a small garage in one of Paris's run-down ghettos, inhabited entirely by poor Algerians and Africans. At ten o'clock that night, the Arabs had met two Frenchmen, who had been selling them guns for almost a year. Tonight had been just another scheduling of illegal guns and instant cash. That had been forty-five minutes ago. Tonight, the Arabs had severed the business arrangement. They had done this by shooting the two Frenchmen in the back of the head four times and taking the two cases of M-16 rifles they had originally agreed to buy for $15,000. Now the three young Arabs were alone with the two open cases of rifles, talking and laughing easily among themselves. We had new rifles, but we need new Frenchmen, said Zaki, and he joined the other two in laughing at his own remark. Yawning, Fat Bin Salam said, I'm hungry. Let's hide the guns, then eat. Nodding agreement, the other two turned toward the rifles, their brown hands stroking the guns once more, their eyes bright with their new killing power. Their backs were turned, and none of the three young Arabs saw a huge black shadow move from the darkness and slide silently across the floor toward them. It was Gamal, the lean, long-faced terrorist, who sensed something, and still bending over the rifles. He stiffened. His fingers inched toward the Air Maverica Luger twenty-two jammed in his belt. Gripping the butt hard, he spun around to face the shadow, the heads of the other two Arabs snapping quickly toward him, then toward the shadow. The razor-sharp steel blade of a small axe gleamed brightly under the dim yellow bulb, moving toward Gamal's throat with frightening speed and power. As his gun came free of his faded brown pans, the steel blade tore into his throat, cutting away all sound and life. Blood jetted upward, turning the left side of the Arab's lean face bright red as his body fell backward onto a case of rifles. The handgun clattered to the dirty, black oil-stained concrete floor. In that instant, before death reached for them as well, Zaki and Bin Salam froze with shock and horror at the incredible figure moving at them swiftly. They had only seconds to stare, cry aloud, then move in desperation and panic. A bare-chested Apache Indian, huge, muscular, horrifying, stood in front of them, bloody axe in his hand. A thick black headband across his forehead held long, coarse black hair in place. A two-inch-wide streak of white paint ran across the bridge of his nose and under both eyes. 
His mouth was a long, thin slash in the dark brown skin of his flat-featured, cruel face. Buckskin leggings were wrapped tightly around the Indian's powerful thighs and calves, and on his enormous feet were dark brown moccasins. Zaki's face, pop-eyed with fear, turned quickly toward the small, dust-covered truck where his American Colt forty-five lay on the front seat. In a flurry of arms and legs, his small body charged with fear, he ran for the front of the truck. With almost nothing more than a flick of his thick wrist, the huge Indian sent the small axe flying, turning it over once in midair. His throw was accurate and powerful. The blade bit deep into the small Arab's back, driving him forward faster. His body hit the side of the truck, then bounced off and fell face down.